University of Wisconsin defensive coordinator Jim Leonard is leaving the Badger program after this season, which means he could be back on the market. Remember, he was Matt LaFleur's first choice to replace Mike Penton two years ago. And that got me thinking, what is it that the Packers should be looking for in a new defensive coordinator if they do in fact decide to go that route. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Jim Leonard and a lot more. Plus, Lily Zhao is here for another Zhao You Doing This on the bye week. It all starts right now. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Touchdown! Locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. All of the things you need to make some money on gambling is for you at Bet Online, where the game starts. Lily Zhao is going to be here today. We're going to talk about some of the comments. Uh, in the media from Matt LaFleur, from Brian Gutekinds, from Aaron Rodgers, some of the stuff we talked about yesterday, where this team is, where they're going to go, all sorts of fun stuff to talk with Lily Zhao about that coming up shortly. But last night, Jim Leonard announced he would be leaving the University of Wisconsin football program as defensive coordinator after the bowl game. And I mentioned this in passing the other day because he was going to have to make a decision. Luke Fickle, the new coach at the University of Wisconsin, came in, said, if you want to stay, we'd love to keep you. And it was up to Leonard to make a decision. They have a bowl game to prepare for, all that stuff. And so I thought, okay, maybe Leonard decides to stay. The early reports were that he was going to stay. And I thought, okay, he just wants to be a college coach. That's fine. And... It got me thinking, aside from the obvious that, okay, he he would be a top candidate, one would assume, for the Packers if they are going to move on from Joe Barry this offseason because Matt LaFleur wanted to move to him last year or two years ago. And it got me thinking more about what you would be looking for in a defensive coordinator. So Matt LaFleur has already done this once. And when they hired Joe Barry, my assumption was that part of the reason you get someone like Joe Barry to run what is essentially someone else's scheme. This is not a scheme that Joe Barry grew up calling in the NFL. He was a Tampa 2 guy, a Lovey Smith, Rod Marinelli, and then was a Wade Phillips guy, and then a Brandon Staley guy. Now, Vic Fangio is the, the, the bones of this defense, and it is that two shell, which has traces its origins, Tampa 2, all that, like... Okay, and they they did last year play some cover two. They played some some Tampa over the years. It was it was a choice that I thought meant Matt LaFleur was going to have a bigger hand in what was being called. And maybe he is. And maybe that's the reason he's been so hesitant to say anything critical about this coaching staff. 
that's a reasonable position for him to be in. At the same time, this is a team that needs some fresh ideas. You know, Brandon Staley got the job in L.A. because Sean McVay's directive was from management was find your version of Sean McVay. Find the guy who's going to innovate, to move this forward. And that was Brandon Staley. Now, he has not been up to the job in L.A. still with the Chargers to this point, but that doesn't mean that he's not a really smart defensive coach. There are a lot of guys who are just better as coordinators and that that top job is not for them. And and we don't know that that's the case with Brandon Staley. It's just not working out great so far. Part of that is because he hired an offensive coordinator who has no idea how to drive a Ferrari, and he has a Ferrari. He is driving like he has a Taurus. And you don't want to hire a Taurus driver if you need to drive a Ferrari. Taurus is an automatic. Ferrari is, you know, it's there's a lot of differences. And sometimes you're just not suited for that job. All that is to say, Brandon Staley is an innovative young coach who is adapting scheme and adapting to his players. And yes, the reason that his... What we could find out in all of this is that the reason the Fangio match quarters, all the stuff that they do works so well in L.A. is because they have Jalen Ramsey, they have Aaron Donald, and no one else did. And the defense is still really good with Raheem Morris. They won a Super Bowl last year with Raheem Morris, calling a version of the same defense. And maybe they just have the players. Maybe it's like when everyone wanted a cover three coach, when they wanted a Seattle tree Legion of Boom coach, they wanted a Dan Quinn, they wanted a Chris Richard, they wanted a Gus Bradley, and they found out that they didn't have Richard Sherman, they didn't have Earl Thomas, they didn't have Cam Chancellor, they didn't have Bobby Wagner, they didn't have KJ Wright, they didn't have Michael Bennett, they didn't have Cliff Averill, they didn't have the guys to run that scheme because you need the horses to do it. The Bears were terrific because they had Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and and linebackers who could run and Eddie Jackson playing at his prime and corners who were well-suited to the defense. Now, Vic Fangio is a great coach, no doubt about it. He had great players in San Francisco as well. Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, Justin Smith, Alden Smith. They got a lot out of that defense with a very, a very mediocre group of defensive backs. That wasn't all talent. But that was the perfect defense to use for that team. I think you run into problems when you try for retreads. Raheem Morris is the outlier by and large. If you're a team like the Packers, you're a young coach in Matt LaFleur. You went the veteran route. You kept Mike Patton, which, by the way, is a decision I stand by. I think that was the right call. And if if Kevin King doesn't succumb to his injuries and lose the step that he lost as a runner, because remember, he was a 4-4 guy early in his career, was running with Allen Robinson when Allen Robinson could still run. And over time, he just lost all of his athleticism. The injuries just sapped him of that athleticism. I still think they could have won that NFC Championship game. They could have won that Super Bowl. And we would be looking at all this very differently. But that's a veteran who has his ways of doing it. And he's been in the league a long time. He's got his ways. And he's not pushing defense forward into the 21st century. Joe Barry, same thing. And I think they they thought, okay, you could just get a guy and plug and play. And, and just trust him to do the thing. Well, okay, but teams are going to adapt. And teams are adapting. And so then what can you do to, to counterpunch? 
And that's why I love the idea, number one, of a young coach, but number two, of a college coach, because someone like Jim Leonard, it doesn't have to be Jim Leonard, but I still insist that he's the best candidate for this job, is they have been trying to solve these problems for a long time. They found solutions to these spread offenses before the NFL. They found solutions to running quarterbacks before the NFL. They are constantly having to adapt because they don't, they can't just say, well, we have Earl Thomas, so we can do this. Now you can recruit, you know, Alabama recruits defensive backs incredibly well. Nick Saban coaches defensive backs incredibly well. So they can do, they can play match quarters differently than other teams can because they have the bodies always to do it. Georgia can do things defensively. Some NFL teams can't do because they just have better talent than everyone else. It is a problem solver's game. And I think offensively, the Packers have problem solvers. I think Matt LaFleur is inherently a problem solver. He is not someone who just copy-pasted the Kyle Shanahan or the Sean McVay offense and put it in Green Bay. They do things differently than the 49ers. They do things differently than the Rams or the Bengals or the Titans. In fact, by and large, this coaching tree has been really good. Zach Taylor went to a Super Bowl. Matt LaFleur has been to two NFC Championship games. Sean McVay won a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan's been to the Super Bowl. This coaching tree, it frankly kicks ass in a way that like the Mike Holmgren coaching tree did not. Marty Marty Morningwig and a lot of these guys, just not very good. You know, Steve Mariucci won a lot of games, but he also lost a lot of games. And, you know, it's just, I think it's, it's different. This tree is working because these, this offense can provide you with an advantage. Now, where are the defensive coaches who have answers? D'Amico Ryans has answers. He's one of the few guys in the league. So then you have to go out and you have to find the guys who might have those answers. And right now, do those guys coach in the NFL? I don't know how many do. Now, a lot of offensive schemes in college are different than this, you know, Shanahan McVay outside zone, heavy play action, all that stuff. But there's still so much spread, 11 personnel, now with the running quarterbacks, which you can do with Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa and these RPOs and the ways that you can put defenders in conflict. How do you have answers for that? How many defensive coaches in the league right now can dictate terms to opposing offenses? That number is minuscule. So if you have to go to college to find one, you, you need to do it now. Jiro Evero in Denver right now looks like one of those guys, one of the up and coming coaches in the league. He's going to get head coaching buzz. But I've been, I've been saying this for a week or two now. If they finish with three or four wins and they have to hire, they have to fire everybody. Our, our team's lining up to hire that guy as their head coach. Could he be available to Green Bay? I think so. That would be a nice schematic alignment and they do it in a very different kind of way now Jim Leonard he's in that Mike Pettin style of defense but but they have to adapt and what he does and what is so impressive about what he does is they've been able to be an elite collegiate defense over his tenure with lesser talent and they play a style that is adaptable to the NFL this is not Phil Snow and some you know some gimmicky you know 
three defensive linemen front defense where you're, you know, you're playing these ultra late like big 12 defenses where you're playing like, you know, two, five, five. I'm just making things up, but it's, it's not that. And so that's why I think he is the exact kind of coach they should be hiring. Find, find a Jim Leonard type. Even if you don't actually find Jim Leonard. And, and I think he, you know, for all the reasons that we made the case for last year, former NFL player played under Mike Patton in the NFL, collegiate coach, played in, in a, a Big Ten where there is a lot of offense, especially in the run game, that translates to the NFL in a way that some other conferences it doesn't. It makes sense. But I think what the Packers need is a reinvigoration of this offense. They need to find someone. They need to find there in the same way that Sean McVay was tasked with going to find his Sean McVay. They need to go find their Matt LaFleur. And that guy's not easy to find. But he might already be in state. All right, we'll get to Lily in a little bit. But before we do, let's talk about Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace where you can book any car you want, wherever you want, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget in the US, the UK, Canada, and Australia. If you need a, a big car for a road trip, an SUV or a minivan, you can do it. If you want a classic car, a luxury car for a birthday or a prom or a holiday or, or Christmas, Turo can help you out. Or if you just need to get from one place to another, find an affordable economy car that can help you do it. Many Turo hosts can deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions apply and exclusions also apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Sports today. The biggest stories in sports in under 20 minutes. I host it. I bring you insight from around the Locked on Podcast Network. It is a great time. Come please check it out. It's an off week, but is it ever really an off week in an NFL season? Certainly not for Locked On Packers and not for our friend Lily Zhao at Fox 6 in Milwaukee. No off days, no off weeks. Lily Zhao is here with us now after Aaron Rodgers says, I still own you to the Chicago Bears. Lily, how are you doing? Peter, doing well. Uh, you know, I wish we were kind of like Packers players. We could jet off to wherever in the world mm -hmm. and, and enjoy a bye week. But alas, the the... Work continues for us, but um, doing good. And uh, it was there. I was there in Chicago, and uh, fun game to be at because, like you said, Aaron Rodgers owns Chicago, and he and he, you know, showed it with his play. So I'm doing well. Is that you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, I wonder what what is the energy in the stadium like in the second half when all of a sudden the Packers start to start to gain a little momentum, especially that fourth quarter they score 18 unanswered. Could you feel it in the stadium? The the life sort of, you know, the the um I'm trying to think of a, a delicate way to put this. <laughs> the uh the 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 audience getting a little tense. Ah, yes. I was gonna say the life force getting sucked out of fans. I don't know if they're yeah, the only the only metaphor you usually hear is about parts of the body that I don't need to reference. Ah. So I, you know, I just I'm just going to leave it there. So did, but did, could you feel it? Was there a tense energy in, in the stadium? Yeah, I, I can say the first half and the second half, just the, the differences and just the energy. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine was 
very, very different. Um, granted, a lot of Bears fans, um, and and just from where we were sitting, it was very we can it was a lot of Bears fans near our area, so we could hear them, you know, really excited in the first half, and then the second half rolls around, the fourth quarter rolls around. There was a lot of F bombs being dropped, and <laughs> and then you slowly hear the go pack go chants get a little louder, um, but you could definitely sense the noticeable shift. I would say of momentum the team and also for the fans but uh you've got a colorful crowd in chicago you have to love the fans there <laughs> i saw uh someone on the beat I don't, I don't remember who it was i think it was ryan wood maybe said that it was as few packer fans as he had ever seen at soldier field is that what your experience was uh it it you know depending on what packers fans are wearing if it wasn't you know the green and gold it was they were very kind of speckled in there so i i kind of agree with ryan it was it was predominantly bears fans but the packers fans that were there certainly made their voices known when it mattered most and uh but yeah it was it was a lot of blue and orange on sunday was it was it blaze or blaze orange cold i did doesn't seem like it it was quite that cold where you would have seen a lot of the because you see that at, in like the there are three colors at lambeau field in december and january it's green it's yellow and it's blaze orange yes uh it wasn't quite as cold it was i think it was a nice and sunny day but it was windy but it wasn't the like negative 20 degree wind chill that i think mm. we all expect with these games so it was cold but it wasn't bad so there wasn't a lot there was some blaze orange in there but it was predominantly it was predominantly green and gold <laughs> okay so not, the, not- the coldest the coldest i've ever been was 2007 in green bay or excuse me at at soldier field for packers bears and the bears won that game and the pack i think the packers went up seven nothing or 14 nothing and then the bears scored like 30 unanswers or something crazy like that and i, I the the beer was freezing the ice and the beer oh my gosh that's how cold it was and that was the you 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 were not on the Packers beat yet and neither was I but um that was the game where Aaron Rodgers face turned like a triumphant shade of purple (laughs) he was miserable in that game you could see it the Packers didn't want to be there the game didn't matter to them but yeah the coldest I've ever been was was at Soldier Field and not because the Packers got dog walked by the Bears in that game so hey um Lily do me a favor pat yourself on the back because Christian Watson, yet again, doing stuff. And for like the fifth week in a row, you predicted that that would be the case. And so here we are. It, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, how do, you, how do you characterize what we've seen over the last month from him? It's startling to me. It's, it's just, I think this is what we expected, right? I mean, this is what we expected out of him. And I know the narrative in the locker room was, what could this team have been? Had he been healthy for the yeah. stretch? I don't know if it would have made up for you know, the eight games that they lost, but they certainly probably would have been in and or won a couple more. Um, but I think it go, kind of goes off of what Aaron Rodgers said. It was the, he's like the, the epitome of the guy who makes the, just the one play and just making that one play just kind of turns everything around. It gets his confidence up. And then he, you know, has been in those situations where he's been getting open for Rodgers, especially on the deep shot. And it's been working. And I think this is a guy that, you know, had his ups and downs and a lot of downs with those drops early on in the season, but has kind of just found his groove just week by week by week. And, you know, that jet sweep there that, you know, gave the Packers a permanent lead. I mean, it faked me out, number one. But then (laughs) it faked me out where I was looking at, I forget who the other guy was. By the time I saw Christian Watson, he was already in the end zone. Like, the kid is so fast. Um, And I will say guys in the locker room were, you know, they're like rookie of the year. They're advocating for that. Pro Bowl (laughs) advocating for that. A little ways to go there. But uh, he's been a revelation, Peter. And uh, just a fun guy to watch because we think about the potential of him and Romeo being the one-two punch potentially for the future. 
Yeah, Des Bryant tweeted out after the game that that uh, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson um, have a chance to be a top five receiver duo next year, which would be pretty amazing. And it would be a stark turnaround from what we've seen for the Packers drafting receivers over the last, what, eight years since Devontae Adams. Not a lot of success doing that. It's just been so it's been so cool to see. And he's such a, he's such a, a um, outgoing kid that like always has a smile on his face. Uh, so it's, he, he, I think he's a kid who's easy to root for, um, from that, from that perspective, just from the outside looking in, you know, we're not in those meeting rooms every day. We don't, we don't get to see him interacting with teammates the same sort of way, but still, it seems like a guy that's easy to root for. Um, Aaron Rodgers had some interesting things to say after the game. And he was asked about the development of Christian Watson and and what it would mean for him. And we talked about this a little on the show yesterday, Lily, that I, I thought what he said was really interesting because he talked about Cal. And he was saying, well, you know, I left Cal with a chance to play with Deshaun Jackson and Marshawn Lynch. And, and that worked out pretty well for me. I think there's two ways you can read that. One is, well, if I hadn't done that in the past, left a situation that was good with good talent, I would never be a Packer. And I, I don't regret it. I love that I'm a Packer. Or you could read it as, well, the last time I had an opportunity to stay and play with talent, I bet on myself in an unknown situation. And that worked out. And I don't regret that. Do you do you subscribe to one of those two? Do you have a third idea of what that meant? Did did that comment stand out to you at all? Yeah, it, it certainly did stand out to me. I, I think it kind of was the former, but kind of knowing Rogers now, it's you know he great player, future Hall of Famer one day. I know he you know if he bets on himself, I think he's winning. He's a talented guy. Um, you know, I think that comment kind of in and of itself was a indication of you know he knows his talents he knows what he means to this team and the pedigree he had in Cal and and all that stuff um I I think it was more of an indication of you know he's gonna bet on himself and then can that translate into more years with the Packers that's kind of what I was getting out of it and him saying there needs to be mutual interest yada 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 and Ogudi and and LaFleur asked about it as well but that's kind of what I took from it well so let's talk about that part of it you mentioned the matt lafleur was asked about it he he cut off jason wilde who asked the question to say yes absolutely i want aaron Rodgers back brian gudekinst was a little bit more sort of guarded about it well that's an off-season discussion although that was the way that the question was framed to him is that something that you need to talk about now or is that an off-season discussion he said well that's an off-season discussion but we want him back we made a commitment to him um it seems like then it should just be that easy right he if he wants to come back he's back um I don't expect it to be that easy. Do you? No, um, which, <laughs> which is crazy to say because again, when you have a caliber of his quarter of you know Aaron Rodgers' quarterback, the contract and everything, you think it's kind of a no brainer, right? Like if he wants to come back, he's coming back and he's going to be the starter next year. But you have to think, okay, what do they do with Jordan Love? You know that that option, and you know can they afford to keep him on the bench another year of Rodgers? And is is Rodgers going to bounce back next season? There's a lot of what ifs, but. You know, I, I, it, it's these guys, of course, are tied with Rogers. They love him. I don't think anyone's going to say, no, we don't want him next year if he wants to be back. But I think Rogers in his, in his post game, I think got the sense of saying, you know, he wants to be back, but he's not sure if he will because of the mutual interest. And of course, with where Jordan love is, he doesn't think it's going to be that simple of saying, Hey, I want to be, I want to be back. And they're like, okay, cool. So I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult moving forward after this season than I think we anticipate it to be. So, 
sort of somewhat related to that is, you know, Jordan Love and wanting to see Jordan Love. And I think a lot of fans, you know, in, in a season where you're not going to make the playoffs would just like to see Jordan Love. Brian Gutekunst had some telling comments. He didn't feel like they needed to see Jordan Love to evaluate him to make a decision on his um, fifth year option, which to me means they're going to pick it up. And and Aaron Rodgers said, well, let's have a discussion when we're mathematically eliminated about me playing versus not. I don't think that's him saying I want to sit. Just that if that's what you want to do, I'll do that. Brian Gutekinds, on the other hand, said, I think we should play every week. Like that's but play the guys that give us the best chance to win. And that's what matters. What what approach would you be advocating for if you were in that building playing Jordan Love, playing some of the young guys more or or trying to win these games, as Brian Gutekinds said, trying to set a winning culture? I, I think there's cases for both. There are definitely cases for both, because, again, you know, Brian Gutekunst said it's a, it's winning as a winning culture. We're not going to, you know, just lay down and play our, you know, second string guys and it's kind of evaluate from there. We want to win every game. And if you look at their remaining schedule, you know, the Vikings and the Dolphins are going to be really tough tasks, but they could be in the, and you know, against the Rams and the Lions, they could, should win those games. We don't know. Um, so they, they'll be favored in those games. We can say that. They're technically, they could still be in the conversation if they somehow get a couple more wins down the stretch here. So in that situation, yeah, you're going to play Aaron Rodgers. On the other hand, it's, again, if they are mathematically uh, eliminated, why not see Jordan Love? Because if you're going to pick up the option, if you want him to be the future, why not put him out there for an entire game? Because we saw such a small sample, and I thought he did a great job. It's, will he look like that consistently for four quarters? Um. Now it's, it's, if you have that conversation with Aaron Rodgers and he's okay with it, I think you play Jordan Love. But again, I, I think it only comes to it if they are mathematically out of the playoff contention. I think that's probably the right thing to do. My initial reaction a, a, a week ago was just, all right, it's time to see Jordan Love. I, I kind of am all good on Aaron Rodgers, but I didn't think of all the things that, of course, Matt LaFleur and Brian Kudikins are thinking about because they're in that locker room and they're going to, no, wait, we've got 52 other guys on this roster, more on the practice squad saying, you know, look, we, we practice every day. We want to go out and win for us because guess what? Losing sucks. If you think losing sucks as a fan, imagine being a player and it's just not fun to lose. So I, I totally see the the value in it at the same time. I'm, I'm just sort of like, I kind of want to see Jordan love. So it's, it's not as easy as I think myself and a lot of people made it. I'm willing to admit that. Um, just this one time. Um, so as we move forward here, Packers bye week could get Romeo Dobbs back after this. Matt LaFleur said they expect to get Romeo Dobbs back after this, but maybe not David Bakhtiari after the appendectomy. It seems like that's going to be a, a while. Zach Tom, I thought performed admirably against the bears. Is there, I know that they, they they're not going to just start playing young guys, but other than Christian Watson, is there another young guy or a potential new face, whether it's Rudy Ford or Keyshawn Nixon, who you're really looking forward to watch when the Packers come back from the bye, who has a chance to, to build some momentum for this off season and into next year. Oh, great question. Um, I would say that guys that you have talked about, of course, we want to see those guys. A Quay Walker certainly flashed his feet a good couple one. of times. Uh, I think Quay would be a good one. A Devontae Wyatt, again, haven't really heard Definitely. his name. You know, could he make some noise on the line? I think he would be another name to kind of look out for because, again, what did you make of Joe Barry's comments about him needing to learn how to be a professional? Yeah, that was a little, I, I think it was more of, you know, he's young. I'm sure he's 
you know, if there, there's talk in the locker room, he's not happy with his amount of snaps or if he's not performing well in practice, I'm sure that's kind of being vocalized on his end. That's kind of what I took from it, but maybe that's a reason why we really haven't seen him on the field yeah. as much as we probably would like. Um, so there have been a couple comments in the locker room like that, you know, with, with, you know, when Mar when Amari was, was released and, and all that kind of stuff. So he's something to certainly take into consideration. Um, but if he, can get back in their good graces. I don't know if he's not uh, putting that out there. Um, I think a guy like Devontae Wyatt would be a fun one to see. Um, but I, I think he's Sean Nixon. I mean, shoot. I mean, he's turned this, this punt return game to return game around. I think he's been really, really fun. Got his yeah. first pick. I think he can make some waves and with that defense. And then the return game has looked a lot better with him. So I think Keyshawn Nixon would be a fun one to watch too. Got the Aaron Rodgers shout out, right? The post game yeah. said, I wish I had this guy most of my career because he's the kind of guy I want to go to war with. Like, how do you, you don't get a better compliment than that from Aaron Rodgers. Do you? That's like the ultimate compliment. Go to war with Rodgers and he wants me like, but that uh, in my little notebook. It is something that I, the, the Joe Barry, Devonte Wyatt thing, mix it in with the Kylan Hill thing, mix it in with the Amaya Rodgers thing. Like, these things can get papered over if you're winning. If you're 13 and three, I don't think Kylan Hill is as upset about what's going on in the locker room. If you're 13 and three, then Devontae Wyatt is not is upset about what's happening on the field because everyone is producing. Everyone's doing what they have to do. It's in a season like this where you're losing and guys aren't playing well. And you're like, wait, why shouldn't I? Why am I not out there? If we stink, how come I can't get out there on the field? And, and look, if I'm Devontae Wyatt, I probably feel the same way now. Are there ways to vocalize that stuff? Look, we don't know the details of that, but this is the danger. And this is exactly what Brian Gutekunst is talking about, right? Winning culture means being willing to sacrifice. Well, that's easier to do when you're winning. It's a lot harder to do when you're losing. And the Packers are learning that right now. A lot of these guys have never had to experience that. Devontae Wyatt played at Georgia. They don't lose at Georgia. Yeah, they only won national championships. <laughs> yeah, correction. When I said Amari Rogers earlier, yes, it was Kylan Hill. So thank yep. you for bringing that up. Um, it was Kylan Hill, not Amari. Um, yes, it's, it's when you're in these situations where you're facing adversity and you're not winning, it's just, you know, sometimes you can say things out of the, you know, you're frustrated, whatever you want to play more and you're not getting playing time. And you say things that probably would hurt your chances of being on the field. You know, these guys are young, they need to learn and, you know, still be a supportive teammate and, and not say things out of line. And potentially that maybe that's what's hurting his snap count at the moment but yeah you're right i mean it, it certainly is you have to overcome these adverse situations especially if you're losing and just keep your composure and and keep calm but i, I know it's frustrating when all you've known is winning and all you've known is starting and you're not getting that same opportunity but um again it's the nfl you gotta just kind of play it out and see how things go so hopefully that gets remedied and, and hopefully we do see more of them well, more snaps down the down the line could be, uh, you know, on on Devonte Wyatt's plate. He's been someone who has flashed in small doses, but we just haven't seen him get consistent playing time over the last few weeks, really all season. So maybe that's something that happens the last month or so. Lily, we will talk to you next week. No game, but we still get to talk because we have a game to preview the Rams. Um, we'll see if it's John Wolfert. We'll see who the quarterback is for the Rams moving forward. All of that coming up next week. Lily, we'll talk to you then. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Lily, for joining the show. Always great to talk to her. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends from every professional or amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer to esports, World Cup. Really fun to bet on. We've got it all at Bet Online. 
We've always got the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix there. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen for your next listen. Check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Aaron Nagler from Cheesehead TV will be on the show. No crossover Thursday, but it is still a crossover Thursday. Cheesehead TV, Locked On Packers. It is a crossover uh, working on a guest for Friday as well. And then we have an opponent the following week, but no game. So we'll have no Sunday live show. We will have a Monday show in your feed. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, not this week, but most weeks, Friday, Sunday, you can do that on the Locked on Packers YouTube page to stay Locked on Packers.